Hello, my name is Mingers and welcome to Unfiltered, Conversations with Creators. This is a podcast where we speak to content creators of all sizes and learn about the journey of how they began, how they got to where they are now, and where they want to go to in the future. The aim is to create a fun and engaging resource that we can all learn from, as well as give us something to look back on in the future. Episode 11 features Jesse, also known as Art is War. After over a decade of experience in the film industry, Jesse has a wealth of knowledge and expertise in helping other streamers improve their setups and has one of the most unique stories about how he came to be today. He's a very entertaining guy, well worth a follow, and you can find him across all socials at A-R-T underscore I-S underscore W-A-R. If you enjoy the conversation and these types of podcasts, please consider leaving a five-star rating and follow for more. We have plenty more episodes to come and you do not want to miss these conversations. You can also find full video versions on YouTube with bonus content. So without taking up too much of your time, let's get started. All right, so Art is War. What would you say is your number one snack or meal to eat while on stream? Burritos, 100%. I mean, it's just the staple food of New Mexico. So, and and like... DoorDash is like a staple of all streamers and yes, I have DoorDash plus or whatever the hell it's called. But if you want to make your DoorDash dollars go the furthest, you order from the really nice local burrito place and you get a bunch of them and you order the ones that don't go bad in the fridge and you stick them in the air fryer. Right. And it's handheld. You can put it down that or pizza rolls, which are sitting right here, which I'm currently eating. (laughs) I love that because you've gone on some marathon streams and I've just wondered because, you know, I go for like three, four hours and I can't imagine, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours not eating. Dude, that goes goes crazy. Uh, having something good to snack on. Yeah, almonds too. I like a healthy thing is like almonds and then like some type of green machine juice just so like you can have your gamer food, but you also feel like you're consuming vitamins Health. and nutrients outside of... <laughs> red and beige colored food the reason i asked you about your favorite food is because you've worked previously on what many would consider to be some of the the best shows of all time and my personal favorite shows of all time um in your previous job yeah uh yeah i i've had a very cool career in the film industry and that would be why i can do the kind of marathon streams that i do um it, it kind of trains you for it. Our our days are like 12 to 14 hours there. So uh, 12 to 14 hours playing video games with a bunch of caffeine and snacks is uh, kind of chi- child's play in comparison. I know, I know. And you, so some of these shows that I'm talking about were um, uh, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. were two of the top ones. Uh, what are some of the other ones that you've worked on? Um, Breaking Bad, Better, well, I actually missed Breaking Bad because I was 17 I think when it was being oh, shot. Okay. So I was still in high school. Um, I got to work on El Camino, which was a Breaking Bad movie. And I shot the time lapse on that. I mean, the mo- the best creative experience were those. Because mm. the creative group responsible for that ha- gives you a lot of agency uh, when you work with them. They trust you with a lot of stuff if you know what you're talking about. So I've always kind of been a sharp person and uh they trusted me to know what i was talking about and i knew i could figure it out much like i've done with streaming and call of duty and probably now apex um Mm. the challenge is is the fun part of it and and i think they really hit the nail on the head Uh, i worked on preacher the pilot 
Independence Day Resurgence. I was a visual effects PA. Uh, Sneaky Pete, which was like an Amazon show with Giovanni Ribisi. I worked a little bit on that. The follow-up on Paramount to Waco. I worked a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. There will be a show coming out on Netflix probably next year called Obliterated. Uh, yeah. I will have done most of the work on that. So I, yeah, I've I've had a decade long or so career already. So it's been ten years you've been working in that industry. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. That's kind of crazy to say. Definitely crazy to say. You've definitely, like what you said, you learned um, a lot of different things, and and you're pretty sharp when it comes to a lot of things. And there's a lot of different areas that you're pretty skilled in in terms of even just um, PC setups and all this kind of thing. But first, we'll start off. How how did you actually get started uh, gaming? Were you a kid when you started gaming, or was it? Um. Like, my first memory of gaming was probably, I don't know what year the console came out, but definitely playing, like, Sonic the Hedgehog on se- on the Sega Genesis Nomad, which I thought was so cool, but in retrospect was, like, the size of... It was larger than a brick, actually. Uh, it was, like, yeah, a brick and a half, and it came with a battery pack that had like 12 or 16 double A's in the back, and that got you like a whopping 45 minutes. And then those triple A double A's died. Like, there were no rechargeables. They just died. You just threw them, and you put new in. That was like my first memory. And there was like a weird RoboCop Terminator crossover game that happened at one point on the Sega Genesis. And then like Nintendo 64, but I mean, I grew up... we my mother was the only one who worked and it was like not there were four or three of us until there were four of us when i was 15 so there you know there was a lot of us and not a lot of money to go around so like after the n64 era it was pretty much pc gaming because we had the family pc and then like instead of buying a console every year which was expensive you put a graphics card in the in the pc and and you could maybe play morrowind <laughs> you know, and then it was Quake and like all the offshoots of Quake. Uh, Wolfenstein Enemy Territory which was like a Quake reskin that I had like an ungodly amount of hours in as a, a sweaty, acne ridden teenager. Um, I think that's pretty much how most people started. They had a, a couple of games that they stuck to and they would play them for like hours and hours, days and days at a time. Yeah. Legend of Zelda was a, like Ocarina of Time was like a, a notable part of my childhood. I remember. We had the Nintendo 64, but not enough money for the memory card. So I would just leave the console mm. on overnight. You just pause <laughs> yes. it and yeah. don't turn it off. Don't you can turn off the TV. No, no. Just don't turn off the console. You unpause, yep. start the next day. Yeah. So I grew up on um, the Super Nintendo as well. The same thing. You, there was no memory card. So if you're, if you're on like level 10, level 8 of Mario or something, and you're up to the final boss, you literally have to pause the game turn off the tv make sure no one touches it overnight and go back the next day there's yeah. no memory cards wake up no early number. before everyone touches yep. anything gotta make sure gotta make sure i remember that that and Star Fox. i remember beating Star Fox that way pausing it and picking it back up <laughs> um so how did you get from um being a gamer that you know you're doing it for your enjoyment and your fun and then going and taking them to streaming because you started around around COVID time is that correct yeah probably would have been like maybe late may early june of 2020 yeah um i had like the leftovers of a travel fund uh which obviously wasn't going to happen for some time 
And so I was playing games on like a very dated i7 RX 480 system. You know, that was a Hackintosh when I was in college uh, making movies and stuff. And I gave it to a friend and I updated. I made a little PC. And then as I'm going and I'm, I'm like, I picked up Warzone. I was playing with friends on this new PC I built. And I don't, I just decided to do it. I was hanging out a lot in Iceman Isaac's stream. And I was like, if I'm playing this much, I might as well stream it. I mean, I think I'm funny. And <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a bunch of like weirdos that stream. So why not? Mm. Um, and so I started because I figured out, you know, I'm pretty tech savvy. I figured out that the 2080 I had could stream very little performance hit. And my whole thing was, you know, come watch me get better at the game, which was Warzone 1, which was just all the, the craze during all of COVID and, and pretty much up until the last two weeks. Um, and it just became a cool thing to... I always focused on the community, and that's really what spurned it to this now, which is crazy. I mean, the setup is insane now, but how did it look in the first couple of streams? Was it just whatever room you were in? Did you put any effort into your backdrop, your lighting, all that kind of thing? Because you, like, you came from obviously working in the film industry, and right. there's one thing that's always I've always noticed about you is uh, the quality and the lighting has always been top notch. I mean, I think when I first started, it was it was in my bedroom. So when I first started streaming, I was renting this house. I have now purchased this house, which is awesome and stressful all at the same time. <laughs> um, it's like it's raining. So like before I got on the call with you, I ran into the front bathroom and I was like, I know it's kind of leaking. I, I got to check. <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. But, you know, just constant paranoia. You worry about those things. Yep. I was crowded in the bedroom. I was, you know, it was like I have... I mean, honestly, when I first started, I had the stand that this lights on, which is just like a C stand with wheels on it. That I had a buddy of mine who's a woodworker build a desk onto it, essentially, with all these clamps and stuff. And I remember when I first started like getting into different mice skates and stuff for lower friction, uh, I got such a low friction setup that the mice the mouse would slide off the desk because it wasn't even. Hmm. Um, and and like so, the setup was nice enough. I was using. Um, I can actually just show you. I was using this camera um, as a face cam, and I had one light. You know, I had this light that is in front of me now, and it was a dark room, and I could make, I, you know, my general rules, if you don't have, you know, like you need the room to be dark. And so I made a cave. Everyone and that's the that. best I could do. That was the best I could do in the bedroom. And I was stacked right next to my bed. Um, but it worked because, you know, it, it was out of the way. It wasn't on the side of the bed that I walked into the room on. It was on the other side. And as I grew, I put like the Better Call Saul shower curtain, which was a wrap gift from the re camera rental house for one season. Why anybody would want Bob Odenkirk's like distorted <laughs> shower curtain face to stare at you while you were putting your clothes on while you were mildly damp. It's beyond me. But I've used it twice. Once to line my car seats while picking up a homeless person that smelled of urine and <laughs> washed and then used as my backdrop on stream for years. Oh, I'm glad you watched uh, it. 
And then when I bought the house, this was like a back room that it's like a living room, like a den. Obviously, it's got like the fireplace and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but nobody was really using it. And, you know, there's a common, there's plenty of other common space in the house. So I said, I'm going to sleep in my bedroom only. And disintegrated the whole desk setup and moved it back here. And um, the first setup, though, like there was definitely like a sock windscreen on like my homie's old like drum mic. <laughs> You know, uh, but it worked, you know, like, and that's the biggest thing I would tell the up and coming streamers is like, you just like in Warzone, like, don't get stuck on the gear. Like you got to like get the other stuff all sussed out first, you know, it helps. Yeah. Sure. Having a really nice presentation helps a lot, but if you're not good at talking to people and you don't talk to chat, then it's a point. Yeah, definitely. And like we all start from somewhere, you might start with a small light, ring light once, or just, you might have a lamp that you have and then you upgrade from there. There's no need to just outlay all this money for the top gear straight away like mm -hmm. you build your way up slowly slowly and that's how it started um, i mean i had cameras like all the care i've only purchased two cameras to use for stream um everything else for the capture cards and like dummy batteries for cameras I already have this camera black magic that fuji that i showed you before the setup camera both i own mm -hmm. so that's, did you own that because of uh, your work? Yeah. Is so that how that works? Yeah. The Black Magic, uh, for a long time, was like our. This is the Black Magic 4K, uh, Pocket 4K, and it was like the workhorse on um, Saul and El Camino for little like they love those little shots. You know, Breaking Bad was shot like right when the 5D came out, and for those that don't like follow film stuff, uh, for the longest time a quality image a quality hd digital image that was able to have depth of field like you see right now yep. um in a small package was very difficult it was like little handy cams and things that l looked like video they didn't look like mm. cinema um the 5d was the first camera to come out that really kind of had that shallow depth of field good color reproduction good enough for like little shots flash forward 10 years um now it's things that shoot raw you know that like without my work look like this and mm -hmm. this is what you want it's a very flat basis to start your imaging off of and so this i shot some short films on i've shot some skate videos on music videos you know it's a, at the time it was a 2500 hundred dollar camera which in the scope of things is very very affordable for what it can do um and it's paid itself off probably four or five times over already just through jobs so but it was sitting there forever and I was using that camera, which doesn't look as good as this camera. And mm. so I said, might as well just plug it in and, and use it here. Resourceful as well. And the, uh, the, I know, I don't know a lot about cameras to be honest, but I know that the lens is probably the most expensive part of any camera setup. So, um, is the 5d use the same sort of, is the lens important or is it really just a camera that makes, uh, make it, makes it good lens is important. Um, and a lot of streamers, like I do kind of stream optimizations on the side now because my setup is so nice and I know so much from the film industry. Um, lenses are very, very important, especially for streaming, but like within a certain realm, it's okay. This lens, you could probably, I mean, it's not cheap, but in the scope of lenses, it is, it is cheap. It's a Nikon. It, it doesn't have autofocus. So if I put my hand here, it, it, like there's nothing. It's, it's just mm. kind of set to where I usually am. If I step back, I'll step out of focus. But I also yeah. step out of light. So it, it is what it is. Um, 
you could spend a lot on autofocus lens, but most of the time as a streamer, you're right here. You're right here. And unless you're setting your aperture to like a 1.4, and your camera's going to be tiny on the screen. They can't tell what's in and out of focus as long as you're sharp yeah, enough. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you look at this video really closely, I'm probably sharp right here, which is where I lean into when I game. But here, it passes as sharp. It looks mm. sharp enough. Um, so no, enough, this yeah. lens is probably like $400 used. Which, I mean, is not cheap. But no, like but a brand still... new lens for this camera could run you eight, twelve, eighteen hundred dollars just as much as the mm. camera. Um, but That's I think crazy. I made some pretty good decisions. You know, my fig cam lens is like a two hundred dollar lens. I think the lens on my hand cam is like a hundred and fifty dollars. You could go crazy, but you don't have to. It's no, about buying the right stuff, but you have to know what the stuff is to do that. So is this you've, everything that you've learned, everything that you've picked up over time, is that you going out and just doing your own research and just learning as you go on the job kind of thing? Or is it, did you have it like a background in, in filmography or uh, filmmaking and, and that kind of thing um, at school? I went to University of New Mexico and I have a master's in cinematic art. I'm sorry, I have a bachelor's in cinematic arts. I did not go to uh, grad school. I have a minor in psychology, which is meaningless. Uh, it sounds cool on a date sometimes. It sounds very nice, yeah. Um, and it was largely a theory education, which uh, in retrospect now at 32 years old, I'm thankful for because these kind of conversations or like tracing the meaning of things, which are largely a lot harder to teach, is a lot easier to have. Those, those conversations are a lot easier. My technical knowledge, I would credit, has largely been self-taught or I picked up on the job. So I was lucky to get into filmmaking right around the time that this 5D thing happened. So had I been five years older, I probably would have been on the set, Breaking Bad, because I was there at, in the right state, doing the right thing, interested in those things. But I think it was lucky for me because I was in school the teachers were lost. Our gear was ancient. It wasn't relevant to what was being used out there. Uh, we weren't getting to use like real film cameras or access to any of the new digital cameras because the red one just came out. Like it was a very, very new thing. Um, but me and a ragtag group of like musician friends really got into this whole DSLR thing. And now mm. it's all the rage. You know, every streamer has an A6100 or an A6400 or an A7S or a what name you. Um, and so I, we learned all the technical rules, you know, exposure, like shutter speed for cinematic motion, what frame rate are they shooting at so it doesn't look like video, depth of field, focal length, all this stuff by buying cameras, using it, shooting it, and like on forums, honestly, mm. which is, I think, like a common theme amongst like innovative people my age group you know i just don't think it was yeah. the it was the internet age and i think the the sharp and witty people very quickly found out that oh there's just all this information out there for free and like if mm. you're if you have a good bullshit detector you can learn all of it for free yeah turns out people's bullshit detectors are pretty off but I, luckily mine has been pretty on because when i stepped into the film industry my base, I had a couple terms wrong. I didn't know enough about a couple things, but 
I was set up just through teaching myself all the technical stuff. I mean, it, it really mm. is film film is and streaming now is like a hands on thing. Like you, you can't be good at it without doing it. You yeah. have to do it. There's no real like manual to doing these things because like you said, the technology is always changing. So what you know from what you learned five, ten years ago is kind of relevant now, but probably gets, you know, outshone by newer things that are mm -hmm. happening and newer techniques and everything like that. Stacked on and compounded and, and complicated. Yep. And that's the thing that I think is kind of lost in a lot of Western discussion is the fact that like it's a craft. Uh, mm. Filmmaking is a craft. Camera work is a craft. Streaming is a craft. Audio production is a craft. All of these. Th and when I say it's a craft, I mean it is taught to people by people that do it mm. and that do it at the highest level. And when you do it at the highest level, you're always learning new things and, and you're passing that down. You're sharing that information and it's always changing because the things that you're using, what people like, that's always changing. And you can't just open the BuzzFeed top 17 list of things that make a camera look cinematic. Mm. because that definition is always changing so it, it has to be like a hands-on passed down thing but i think most people now are accustomed to check boxes receive result and yeah. it's just it's like with the current state of Warzone and so the current state of like a lot of popular film it just kind of sucks the soul out of all of it you know it like yes you're right it checked all the boxes, but it's just like empty, empty yeah. spray can. I feel that. Um, but you said that you mentioned you're starting out um, on Twitch and you're watching Iceman Isaac. I think that's where I know you from. Like I've, I've been familiar with your name and you for so long that I don't know exactly where we first interacted. I'm pretty sure it was through Iceman Isaac, J God, something like that. But you're a mod in his stream. How long have you been a mod for the Iceman? Mm. six months and i'm like a casual mod like definitely i came into chat one day i've kind of we've always had like a back and forth about like camera stuff and and like stream stuff and tech stuff because you know he's aware of my work in the film industry and i've always kind of played that card as a vetting card you know and for networking purposes it works great mm. but he just asked me you want to be a vip on a mod and i was like uh Yo, if it means I can ban racists, give me, <laughs> give me, give me. Hey, uh, give it to me yesterday. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I just, I hang out. Like, like uh, when I was driving home, I, I was stuck in traffic. And so I threw up the stream and watched him mauled for a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah, but I mean, he was the big, he was the big uh, kick in the pants to do it. And then I just traced out from him. And it was because of his presentation. You know, he's got like a very mature Yep. like adult presentation to what is like a video game, you know? Yep. And there were also multiple interactions in his chat during COVID where there was like some, you know, it was in the middle of, of at least in the States, a lot of uh, tumult around uh, the issue of race. And so things would obviously spark up the internet and he always handled it very well mm. uh, without avoiding it. And I very much respected that. And I think one of the first things that we bonded about in chat is that we need like socialized medicine in the United States or something. He was like, Hey, you're all right. And I was like, Oh, you're all right. Ah, safe. And then I just yeah. branched out from him because he was safe and like not doesn't have like the American brain rot. Like a lot of other people do. I found mm -hmm. other people, J God, um, 
Dracota, I found through uh, Iceman Isaac because he was like, I played with him once. He's a cracked, super nice kid. And I was like, hey, nice kid. Good at the game. I'm old and can help him with like life stuff, <laughs> editing, and he can teach me how to get better at the game. And now we're like really good friends. It's awesome. Um, but it was just that thread, you know, and that's what I would tell other content creators that are trying to get started is you have a game you like, you have a community you like, find things connected to that. Click the name in the chat and be like, oh, they stream too. Follow them. You never know. Play with them. And then, you know, that web always grows. Mm. I've heard, I've heard, I think like, I think it was Miss Dorka that first said it, that it stuck with me. It's like, um, saying that it's your community, it's kind of like, Twitch is like an ecosystem where people know each other. Like we all are connected in some way. I go, I know you and you know, like five other people. I know five other people. I see five different other streamers that you might see. And then like, we're all sort of interconnected somehow. It's not like you're one community set off and you can't get to know or interact with anyone else. Right. Yeah. And it's like a little, um, it's like, um, there's a type of mushroom that lives on a tree that has like a symbiotic relationship, you know, like you just all kind of mm. got to live together and that it provides yeah. it, um, shade and the water and the mount, the mushroom gets water out of it. Fun fact. Wow. Yeah. Useless information. Got a lot of it. No, hey, we can use that. We can use that information. Um, but no, so the Iceman thing, I, I remember what, I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause there was a few issues that came up over the last few years and it's sort of like, he was always this mature head who like, he didn't even need to give off his opinion, but just like an overall, if you're going to think this way, that's fine. If you're going to think this way, that's fine. But this is how I see it. This is how you can talk about it. And any other, any other like weirdness about it, that's it. You're out kind of thing. And I always respected Isaac, even if I didn't agree with everything he said completely, just the way he handled things like very mature, almost like a authority in the community absolutely like a very much like a parental figure and yeah you know i think and and that's a big reason as to why i stream i try to be loud about stuff specifically about like men's relationship to women you know and how whack that is a lot of the time mm. especially when you have loud voices in the room like andrew fucking tate fuck that guy <laughs> um I think it's really important to have people not like that like isaac and i would hope like myself that are very loud about the other thing you know, no, that's not okay. Because a lot of these names that you see appear in your chat are some 15-year-old who's, like, sitting in their basement because their parents are screaming upstairs. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, you don't know. Or maybe they're not. Maybe there's some shitter. Who knows? Regardless, are you going to use it as a bash them over the head moment or are you going to use it a moment to educate them? And possibly, like, boonk, you know, just bump the marble that way a little bit yeah. because they're very young. And get the, get, movement get the gears now, turning in their head differently. Exactly. Think about it. Yeah. Just think about it. And that is very, uh, I think that deserves a lot of respect in the community, being that kind of person. You know, because anybody can fire up the video game and play and then ban someone that says somebody pro something problematic in chat. But it's another thing to address it, I think. Mm. And that's one of the things I really enjoy when I uh, tune into your streams as well is that, first of all, it's very chilled most of the time but then when there's a, a moment where something sparks like maybe someone says something in your in the game chat or someone types something in chat and then you fire up and it's it's a rant or it could be a quick little quip but it's always addressed and it's always direct and to the point and i love that directness thanks. about it yeah. thanks i do too I, I yeah 
I, most of the time in in life, I'm very frustrated that people aren't louder about things because I think mm. a lot of time we agree knee jerk about when things are good or bad, right? Like what that person said was bad or inappropriate or whatever. Like dehumanizing comments are usually universally uh, condemned, right? But a lot of people, for the sake of conformity, especially in spaces like we we are existing in, will not say anything for convenience sake. And I think that mm -hmm. is not doing the work that you should be doing as a person in the world. Gotta, or you see something, say something, you know? Everybody loves the yeah, Watchmen, but they don't actually listen. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, believe, believe in, uh, you know, believe in yourself and, and stand up for your beliefs. Like if you, yep. what is it, stand for... If you don't stand for uh, stand something, for you're fall for fall anything. For everything. Yeah, exactly. Gotta, gotta protect your brain. That's right. So I love, first of all, I said, I love that you're set up. I love that you have multiple cameras. You're one of the, probably the first and almost only people that have multiple cameras in their setup and know how to use it. And you tech savvy. You made me get a second camera. Let's go. Um, and I, <laughs> I just love how you're very chilled on stream. <laughs> like you're smoking. It's all very relaxed. Did you, have you like, that's always been the same or were you kind of like, did you try to be someone else and then you sort of, relaxed and became yourself or has it always been the same you've just been yourself well i think i like sometimes i'll go back and watch like old clips that are just like if you go to my twitch page and you search clips all time most popular uh to least popular there's like verdansk era quarterback toss c4 clips you know <laughs> yeah and i think i'm like the same person um i think i'm more self-conscious then uh okay. like that's probably the best way about saying it you're self-conscious because you don't know you you kind of go live and and you want to talk and and be liked or accepted in a way but then eventually you kind of figure out if you're just you the people who like you will stay yeah it's also weird to think back because i got sober during covid so like mm. uh like up until COVID, I wasn't sober. And then I think when I started streaming, I was like two months sober, probably. And that's like a whole rediscovery thing of like your person. So like I did like my personality was definitely much more suppressed and I didn't just like substance abuse is a, is, is a escape mechanism. You're running from something. Uh, and so to stop that, you kind of settle back into everything. And so I think if you watch my streams too, over time, you can really see me settling back into being a real human being that's not like zombified all the mm -hmm. time. Um, so that's hard to separate for me when having that conversation. But like, it doesn't make me uncomfortable to have that conversation at all. But it, it's just like weird because you can track my confidence as a streamer and my confidence as a human probably, one, uh, not one-to-one, -one, but pretty dang close to one-to-one. -one. Mm. You know, like... And I think streaming had a huge part in that, you know? I was going to uh, say, did streaming sort of help you rediscover yourself and feel more confident about yourself as you're going through that? Journey? Yeah, and it was also like a social place that wasn't drinking mm. and other stuff. It, it was a place to hang out with people that did something. You know, like alcohol culture is so weird in retrospect. You're just going to sit there and like kill yourself? Like literally, mm. you know? At least in the states you know and it's just this was like so anti that like we were all like 
using our brains and having fun and having a good time and like yelling at bigots and like, <laughs> you know, no one was like getting in car accidents or like making yeah. poor decisions or saying things that they'd regret in the morning. And it was just really nice. So all in all, it was just like such a pleasant change and it still is. Um, I, I just think that also with the state, like Warzone was in a much better state than it was right now for a long time and i think in the same breath of saying that i got better with that it's also sad to see the mechanism of what got me to where i am start to fall apart mm. um and i think like i talked about it on stream every day for the last couple of days i don't think people really understand that for a lot of people that like kind of got their start uh with warzone Call one of Duty. like i yeah. don't think this is the end of my streaming career whatsoever like there are tons of games out there people and that's why i'm so glad i built a community and people watch me i was never mr cracked out i got better <laughs> at best mm. you know i had cracked out days sure but i got better at best people watch me for me and that's a sustainable thing to do so now uh, that the game kind of sucks i kind of have a lot more freedom to be honest Less sure, but I have a lot more freedom. But I was going to ask it, you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I I kind of I I tangented and then I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Welcome to ADHD. Damn, I love the tangents though. So next time I'm just going to shut up and let you talk. But I was going to ask you: Does that um does that worry you when when a game sort of disappears like that? Have, have you played much else on stream? Nope. It's only ever been Warzone. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was updating apex today the last time i played it was a year ago like december 2021 mm. which was when warzone last time kind of sucked yeah um, right, that was right before the integration yeah it was krampus time yeah Would have been krampus ter time. That's terrible terrible um am i worried i mean maybe in a couple days i'll be worried but right now i'm more bummed than anything else i just mm. yeah they just they capitalism the shit out of warzone dude they sucked all the fun out of it you know they're Good. like how can i take every popular first person shooter regardless of genre let's take a little tarkov let's take a little apex take a little Warzone, make it for the dads and yahtzee look at this steaming <laughs> pile of shit whatever it but is they it made is. a billion dollars like it yeah that's the that's the crazy thing about it too it's like it's almost like you can't go back to them and say, hey, your game sucks because they'll be like, well, yeah, look at how much you spent. Exactly. So, yeah, it's a, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a hard one to come to terms with. That's just like they're not going to listen to us where the, mm -mm. Where the 1%. They've made their game and they've made it profitable. So, I think Jesus. they're going to see a great reduction in the player base over the next mm. two months. Mm. Unfortunately. We'll see if that makes a difference. We'll see if that makes a difference to them hopefully <laughs> we'll see um but you personally you've uh recently made the move to full-time i think it's been about about a month for you mm -hmm. um how have you found that transition from you know having another job you couldn't depend on to going to to content creation um well the change in games is definitely the, the change in the game has definitely kind of shook things up I started everything with a really fun subathon that was a great way to kind of catapult some momentum. And um, now that the game is what it is, I need to kind of pivot. It has been nice to just have some time off and 
this is what I enjoy doing. Um, and it's nice to, it's hard to say because I don't have a day job. Like a lot of people have day jobs, you know? Mm. Um, if I'm working, it's all I'm doing. I'm working 60 to 80 hours a week. There are times where I work 12 to 14 hours a day, six days a week. And I have one day off, you know, and th those hours could be like 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. You know, so when do you stream? When do you have like a reliable schedule that, mm. you know, somebody that has like a living wage job that works nine to five or something could do? Um, there's no balance. There's nothing. So it's been really nice to just have some time, have some time and even think <laughs> about streaming in a major way. Um, but uh, now I'm kind of thinking about doing something that's less game specific and more... Um, well, I kind of have two ways of thinking about it right now. I might do rants about how bad the game is over gameplay. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> no one's doing it. And we all know how good I am at ranting. <laughs> uh, or leaning into the tech channel that I have kind of quietly sitting in the back. Uh, because mm. it's something that I very much enjoy. I'm passionate about. I can talk about it to great length. And I have like credentials to back me up. Which is more than I can say for my first person shooting career. You know, so... We'll see. Right now, I'm hoping that or like something happens with Warzone 2. I don't really know. I've just kind of been playing it pointlessly. Mm. Uh, it feels really bad. Like it's not a fun game. I don't know. I did one. I did one like educational video for Warzone 2, and, and so far after that, I've like not had a fun time playing the game. So hmm. um, we'll see. Uh, I mean, definitely focusing on the on the tech stuff for now. Um, so I have like two videos already made and then I have like another two in the back burner. I'm trying to have like a catalog of them so yep. that I can have content going and not have to constantly play catch up. And they're not hmm. time specific videos. Like nothing major is going to change about how you set up a GoXLR on a stream PC in the next year so i think i'm okay yeah. and you know i've got that pretty well dialed or like how to separate your in-game comms for call of duty for streamers so they don't have people yelling bigotrous stuff on their stream uh you know all those kind of videos i think are way more interesting to me way easier for me to re uh, to produce and uh I, I think provide more value than what i could provide in terms of warzone right now mm, yeah so these videos aside from your streaming content um have you been like big on i need to make this video I've, i need to make three videos a week and then make six videos a week and clips and all this kind of thing or do you have you been pretty much my impression of you is that you've been a bit more relaxed about feeling the need to put out clips tiktoks youtubes all that kind of thing i mean this time around that i'm focusing on full time i'm very much trying to be better about the evergreen content because i know that that funnels people back to your live stream and i do think like my main vehicle is my live stream um like i'm a streamer that's what i do you know but what i really need to do is what i try to focus on this time is just making sure that my stream time equals content time equals time to edit at the end you know so i'm using yep. my time efficiently but i never really wanted to force it content wise like if it's funny it's funny and it becomes a short if it's educational it's educational but like right now in the game I i'm learning it you know <laughs> yeah when i learn something i'm gonna share it with you but for right now it kind of feels like uh 
<laughs> yeah. You know? It's a bit frustrating. Yeah, for sure. And But that's fine. Like, I guess I'm a little bit more relaxed about it because I've... One, I can return to the film industry. Like, what I've told people colloquially... Colloquially? Locally, is that I am a day player. So if you need a second assistant, if you have an extra camera for the day, call me. I'm your guy, right? That doesn't mean I'm going to work every day. I've also told people I want time off. So I worked a bunch, I saved a bunch, and I'm able to chill out. So, you know, if times get tough, I can go back and work a day yeah. or two there, which is a, a luxury for sure. Would I much rather just consistently hustle in terms of content? 100%, which is why I'm trying to focus on that tech stuff a bit more and I'm doing stream optimizations and all of that. Mm. I mean, it's good you've got a plan. And even if that plan is, I've got options. You've, you've got those options. It's not like you've, you left an industry and you burnt all the bridges and you told right. everyone to, you know, Yeah, that was me pre-recovery. Pre that was pre-recovery yeah. art. Now we try to be nice and do things well and play nice on the playground. Uh, yeah, because you never know. You never know. I mean... Granted, of all the people that play nice in the playground, I'm, I'm like, not at the top of the list. I definitely <laughs> tell people how I feel most of the time, you know? Yeah. I think it's a good thing. I'm honest. If I don't like you, I'm going to tell you straight up I don't like you. You don't have to guess. And I'm not going home at night. Man, man, does that guy not like me? If I don't like you, you'll know. You'll know. I promise you. I, f I feel like that'd be pretty refreshing in, in a lot of industries, particularly Hollywood, right? Oh, dude. I just, like, I'm a poor kid from Arkansas, dude. Like, I'm a redneck with, like liberal tinges you know like i just can't i just can't take it serious man there's so self-important and like it, 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 the film industry can be so performative like we're making some comedy like why are you humming and hawing and saying oh say it like this you need to say it like this it's just a funny line say it funny move on let's go home why are we to be here for 14 hours you know yeah yeah everyone's thinking it Everyone that's actually like lifting things up and putting them down and working on the film sets thinking it, but because they're up there in their ivory tower, no one's going to say anything. And I, fuck it, dude, fire me. What do you do? Fire me? Then you're pulling the, you're pulling the shroud off and saying, yes, I am in my ivory tower, which is pretty <laughs> faux pas nowadays. So try me. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. I love the straightforwardness. There's not enough of that out there, especially now. Like you said, there's like a, you almost have to be careful like people feel like they have to be careful because there's always uh like a clip there's always a, a screenshot there's always something that could come back and and bite you kind of mm -hmm. thing but if if you if you don't care if you if you're comfortable with if what you're you loud have to about say, the right things yeah no one can bash you mm. like what the what turns out is there's a lot of dudes with a platform that have some pretty backwards ideas about people mm. That's what it comes down to is like, oh, former, former CDL pro said some racist <laughs> shit. Hmm. I guess when I've gotten frustrated or I've, I, I don't know. I just don't know. I've never casually seen someone been like, well, here's this bigoted shit. Yeah. Just never, just never, just never have never. I've never. So I think it's really important to be loud about that because everyone else talks about the guy saying it. So why not be the person that says not to say it and why it's wrong and why it's bad? And mm. then I had somebody in my sub games come in and say, kill yourself F-slur while we were playing together. On, the, on comms? On stream. Wow. On stream. On rebirth, bro. 
This person sounds old enough to be my dad oh my and God. says this. Yeah. That's and bad. I wanted, I, we addressed it on the stream. I, I told him I was ashamed of him and that he should be ashamed of himself. Never once have I been so frustrated that I've defaulted to bigotry and just get out, leave. I've banned him from the stream. I told him to send me a good apology. And you know what? The apology wasn't good enough. Okay. It just wasn't. It was, it was, I'm sorry I got caught. And there's, I told him, I want you to, I want you to sit for a while and think about what you said and why it was wrong. Because I have people in my life who are gay, who I love very much. Mm. And that term would, and has brought those people to tears. So to you, for you to use it flippantly makes me so mad. Mm. I'm getting angry just retelling the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I told him, I'm sure he's seen me say it. I'm sure he went back to the VOD to see if I saw it. I still haven't clicked the like that he wanted me to like to say that I've read the message because you know what? He doesn't deserve it. And guess what? My ban list is shared with a lot of other people. Okay. Um, maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll take the important time out of my day to tell this fucking Luddite why he, who's old enough to be my father, should still be ashamed of what he said. I just don't, I don't know. Like, if you're, if it was a kid, I probably would have acted differently. Mm. But it's a grown-ass man. Should and you should know better. I, what I've learned in my 32 years of life, if you're a grown-ass man, fool me once, that's enough. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> don't need to try again. No more if chances. You're a kid, yeah. If you're a kid, you're a teenager, or you're like of a oppressed group you get a lot of forgiveness from me mm. because that's just how the world works dude i'm sorry but like he said that because he thinks he can and he can't and he's gonna suffer the consequences which is being banned in multiple streamers chats because we i have a shared ban list mm. i think one of the think one of the most stupid things that i've ever seen is that people will justify certain things that come out of people's mouths or what they type or whatever it was fine in in cod 4 or it was fine in call of duty back in the pre-game lobby and all this kind of shit i i'm i'm an old, i'm old i came from that time it wasn't okay then it's yeah. not okay now and yeah. even if you thought it was okay then it doesn't make it okay now yeah it's just I, like yeah i mean it's 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 I think Western culture has a culture problem a lot of the time. Like, we don't know how to talk about, like, a lot of really hard things. Um, gender, sexuality, uh, race, um, income inequality. Those are all very difficult things to talk about. And, like, comedy is a great way to talk about hard things. So I think that's where the root of just throwing those things around and saying, oh, it's a COD 4 lobby, blah, 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 blah. Because back then, like, the the people in control of the media were even older. You mm. know, like, the people yep. making stuff and directing stuff. The film industry was a hellscape then. You were working 18-hour days. People were doing cocaine everywhere. Like, <laughs> it, was a, it was a hazing ritual. I've spoken to a black costume designer that wanted to be in the camera department. And she's uh, she recounts to me being told, Jen, you're crazy. That's an uh, it's a boys club. It's a white boys club. You're never getting in. And that was very true up until 2002, maybe. I just thrown that date out there. 
but okay. that's when it started and it, like it's the corporatization of the world because now everyone has to feel okay taking part in the mechanism which sucks in a lot of ways because it sucks like the art out of it but it also sucks the toxicity out of it you know and that's what you're seeing in the cod space too is like it's just a reckoning it's just a lot of long overdue work you know there's been a lot of things that have happened in western society that have hurt a lot of populations over the years and a lot of it through like colonialism both soft and hard and it's just like it's a reckoning you know like it's a mm. lot of due time and and now people are upset about it because they they thought it was part of their culture but it was really just like like some default hateful stuff that was regurgitated to keep systems of oppression working mm. you know and and now that the lid's blown off which is large in part thanks to covid uh you, you just can't do that stuff anymore and i think people some people have an easier time dealing with that than others you know people like you and i they're like yeah that was never okay Whew, yeah. glad i'm not crazy there's somebody on the other side of that you know there always is and it's you know, usually a lack of understanding the other but uh, i don't know dude another american election cycle it's about to get buck wild <laughs> i mean yeah and it's kind of it's it's, it's strange how people um there's always that it's funny how you can say there's always going to be racist like there's always going to be people who are bigoted and all that kind of thing and it's like we accept that that's okay that there's always going to be people like that do we is that right you know i mean i don't think it i mean i think the goal is to provide like a culture that allows everybody to feel like they have a seat at the table you know uh but i just we don't we live in a world of varied power structures and varied agency and so inevitably uh like when you have hand-me-down systems that we have you know like you're mm. from australia right yeah i'm from the other penal colony you know <laughs> everything like, comes from one mother country people forget like that like, we were penal colonies like no yeah. wonder there's growing pains like no wonder there's growing pains and things get passed down and things don't get addressed and then one group says it's them and the other group says it's them like i never thought i'd turn on the tv and see alex jones getting out alex jones i yeah, never thought i'd see that by a black guy <laughs> i don't know <laughs> dude <laughs> you know so like i don't really know what to say to that like me the adult and also like the innocent little 12 year old it's like i think this is how the world should be both agree that like whack right like racism being a transphobe like i don't know you like who you like why do i care i'm yeah, glad yeah. you're happy i'm not happy in a relationship how do i do it teach me that's that's like that's where i'm at with that you know mm. and like I, I, but that i mean that's i don't know how to reach these kids you know i don't know how to like i don't know i don't know why people are so attracted to andrew tate and like nick fuentes or whatever the fuck his name is like i just don't get it andrew tate seems like a cuck lord to me i don't know it's uh, it's almost like what you said it's um people afraid to be loud and speak their opinions but they, these are the people who are speaking their opinions mm-hmm they might be the the bad ones whereas we need the more people to speak the good which is and, why i'm so loud because i'm yeah, so exactly. sick and tired of like 
Andrew Tate, dude. Like, I just saw, like, I was just scrolling through YouTube shorts at the checkout, and I get some Andrew Tate short about he has some trick how he texts all of the women he's talking to at the same time by forwarding a WhatsApp message. And it was, he was playing above, like, clipped GTA footage, and I was like, what is, what is going on? Like, yeah. if any dude out there watching this thinks that Andrew Tate is gonna get you laid, let me tell you, you're so wrong, dude. Stop. Go to Amazon. Open the search bar. Search for The Will to Change by Bell Hooks. Purchase it and read it. It'll do you much better. Mm. Required Damn. reading, I think, for most most dudes, actually. Highly recommend. I think there this, this should be required reading for adulthood. There is for some schools. You need it for... Being oh, a dude. Sometimes. Well, that's how we fix it, right? Is like uh, the uh, the at that level, the things taught reflect what the society that we want to have. And currently, we're taught that oh, the pilgrims came over on the Mayflower and they gave them corn. And it was great. Hmm. Not even close. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, and uh, yeah, it's kind of you know history gets taught by the victors or history gets taught by you know one side and that's what sticks and yeah. that's what like you said gets passed down yep unless we're loud about it right so i always unless tell people to look up operation paperclip and think about where this place come from like who helped make the rockets it was a bunch of nazis <laughs> so it's like you know white supremacy problems in america aren't exactly a novel idea I know. See, this is all very helpful information that I feel like it's not out there. But what is something helpful that you would tell yourself five years ago, four years ago when you started? Mm. Play more games. Right now, that's Variety. like the sentient thing. Variety or just try other things. I mean, I think it's fine for me because I'm a very creative person and like, I came from like an unstable childhood and I've had an unstable life. So I'm used to pivoting. I, I like pivoting. This is like the mm -hmm. healthiest way to pivot, right? Is be a content creator. Um, but yeah, just like have, you can't be a one trick pony. Like all these COD kids that are like, this is my game. I'm really going to fry this year, dude. Like who cares? How many streamers do you know that you can raid at the end of your stream? Hmm. How many streamers do you know? That'll be like, hey, it's Blank. What's up, Blank? Thank you so much for the raid. Yo, Blank also plays this game. Blank is, no. who knows about you? Even at the mm. small level. If that, if you don't have that, then you're really missing out on a lot of stuff as, as a streamer. Because I haven't had success in like YouTube or any of this. But I have like almost 5k followers on, on Twitch. And I hold a good amount of subs every month by having an engaging um and like interconnected group of streamers that i found through random raids like jamal jamal's not jamal on twitch uh jh uh, for anybody watching put it on the screen uh jamal's awesome he was like a random raid uh and like he's like one of my best friends on the internet now and like if you're not doing that's like the most fun of streaming like you can raid people you can take all your viewers doesn't matter doesn't matter like I, what i would say is if you get five viewers rate them to somebody with 15 
that you follow on other socials that you agree with that you're like this person seems cool if you're like oh this person's whack don't rate them if yeah. people that watch you if you don't like them people that watch you probably also won't like them and use that to find other people that you want to play with and like expand your network and like when something doesn't work don't burn the bridge just just kind of you know ghost them not ghost them yeah. but like you know let them down softly you don't have to That's say it, man yeah. you suck at the game you're a jerk you know, unless they say some whack shit, just kind of, you know, go with the flow. You got to be really fluid as a streamer. And that's how I started. Like, I would post in the uh, self-promotion section of other streamers' discords religiously during COVID. J-God, Isaac, Drifter, maybe exclusive Ace. Mm. Every day when I go live, some funny title, something, you know, and and... It would get like one person here or there. And if you focus on like, I, I try to be, I don't know. I'm a pretty, like, uh, I'm a crazy dude. Like I, I say some crazy shit. Like my brain is very strange. I've had like a very weird life. You know, I make some weird connections. I just try to let that run free when I stream, you know, like the random shit that I'll scream and, and it's fun. I'm having fun. And because I turn into love and stream is having fun too. You know, and yeah. but I always tried to like be honest. And you asked a question earlier, like, w was I trying to put on a act or be myself? And because of the sobriety thing, I was very much trying to be myself and figure out what that self was. And like through streaming, I've kind of figured out that I'm a goofball. And like, it always used to be like I would use humor as a shield for things in my life, but now. It's like humor has just become such an integrated part of who I am as a person that it's just like the, it's like the thing that I explore with now. It's a um, tool. Yeah, it's a tool and it's like my best tool. I mean, it's really my brain as a whole. Like I was never an athlete. I was always a chubby kid. Like that was just me. But, you know, I always sharpen my brain and it's really nice now to have something that really just smiles on that, you know, and kind of mm. lifts that up. Uh, the film industry kind of did that, but but it felt like I was put into a like a milking machine, and they would milk content out of me, and then put me back on the shelf, you know, because I was smart. And they'd be like, "Yeah, help us figure out this shit for our dumb movie." Ha <laughs> ha! Now go sleep like you did a bunch of drugs, even though you didn't. You know, uh, this I can do the same thing, and it's much more rewarding. Not financially yet, but you know. Did you have you gone to any of the um, the Twitch events? Have you ever met uh, a bunch of streamers? So I it's went to I went to San Diego, which is where Tony and True Game, uh, Tony True Game Data, and Christina, and like Variable Forty Two, who's in my chat a lot. He's a homie in a lot of the um, chats, like two years ago, and met everybody. But then I went to TwitchCon uh, this last year. Uh, I guess this have year, you, and I met have you everybody. Been have you been recognized by somebody that you didn't know, or like that had to come up to you and be like, "Hey, I'm in your chat." I'm blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Like that. Multiple people. Yeah, it was very. So we did. It was awesome. And let me see if I can. I can actually probably pull it up on my phone. We did a a bonfire when we were out there. Like we like okay. we knew TwitchCon was gonna be crazy, um, because it's just it's it's a con at like some convention center and like it's loud and you can't do anything and you had to wear masks and like. So we wanted to do something outside that was like, you didn't have to pay to go to, 
it, like if you yeah. were in the area because there were a lot of people that were just like they bought a day pass but they were staying there for the whole weekend so we put together a little like get together on the beach and it was like such a cool i mean there were a ton of people there jay god rolled through red man was there stellar I think Wag was there for a little bit. I mean, everybody, like everybody in the Warzone scene was just like chilling at the bonfire making s'mores. And it was awesome. That's it was so awesome. Cool. Yeah, here you go. Let's see. This will actually come across on the camera if I do it right. Hey, that's awesome. I mean, it was yeah, a lot, insane. a lot of people. Cool. Was what was it like you know you obviously knew a lot of people through text and through cameras and through you know voice chats and everything when you finally went face to face did it just feel familiar was it was it that's a weird thing because like my parents generation would often tease about like oh you're just on the internet it's not the real th i don't know that it's all that different and maybe it's because it starts to feel like a language thing to me like mm. i am definitely very well versed in tech and the internet and the internet as it exists post 2000 right like as a social internet um and you either speak that language or you don't and i don't think it like really has to do with age so much it has to do with did you take part in the culture you know because if you were a gamer in the late 90s early 2000s you probably were on the internet talking to other people you know, and so like once you get past that, it's not that weird. It's just not. And I think Twitch is really good at that, at making it like a personable space. And I don't really know because I've streamed on YouTube a couple times and it's just weird. I don't really know what makes Twitch so special, but I think it's like all the little tchotchkes. It's I just, honestly think it's the emotes. I, I think it's the it's emotes. All the and the, yeah, the badges the and name yeah, the badges. colors, like the sub badge. And then you have like the, like I'm looking at my old chat here that's just still up and I see this weight. Oh no, it's a key. Good luck, have fun pledge. You know, yeah. like it was some campaign that they did. All these little things, but because that person's, how that person's name is structured, what, the, what it says and the color of the name, I know, like I have an image of that person. Yeah. Right, and then I've clicked their page and I've seen them on other socials. And so when I look at a name, I feel like I'm looking at a real person, you know, yeah. or like this person who has 87 in their name. I, okay, they're three years older than me, cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so I know that about that person. And I know a little bit about that person's politics because we've mm. talked before. Like, I know about these people in my chat. That's it's unreal sick. how that works, yeah. It's so cool, it's so cool. And so I get, yeah, and I like that relationship and I like people, I, I like, to build a stream like that and not just be a haha funny guy pay me mm. you know it's like we have like a community you know and yeah. we've raised five grand for my mod that needed a surgery you know like mm. we've raised five grand for vets before you know it's just like we there's a power we put it to it it fixes you know which is yeah. like and that sense of community i think a lot of people want and i think that's why people run to Nazis on the internet, you know, lonely boys run to shoot up places, you know, is like, there's not somebody that's mm. saying, hey, it's okay to feel that way, but there's ways past it, you know, I mm. wish that when I was like 15, and like in my shitty home with the shitty relationship that I had with one of my parents, I wish there was somebody like me that was a very open and direct about it. That's like, yo, life sucks, dude, but you know, it gets better. And 
like you could end up weird and cool like me you just gotta tough it out you know <laughs> like that would have meant the world to me so i think about that a lot every time i stream like every time i stream i don't know why <laughs> i'm a very like sentimental person actually <laughs> no but i mean there is you know even just go by the sheer amount of time that you spend interacting with people on the internet on stream or in chats you're bound to make an impact on somebody mm -hmm. and it's and it's it's real it's gonna happen i don't want to name any names but i like during covid there was a law enforcement officer in my chat and this was at the height of the george floyd everything we had a long discussion about it like i don't if you take part in good faith in a discussion about a difficult issue i'm not going to stop having that discussion with you I don't care if it's politics, religion, whatever. If you are going to be a good faith actor and not bait me and all this stuff, which my bullshit detector is pretty good. So as soon as I smell it, you get bopped. Like someone yeah, came in my yeah. chat the other day is like, smells like communism. I was like, huh? Where? 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 Uh, and, I, and they got banned. Because like, if you want to actually have a conversation about what I believe in, that's fine. Um, but... Oh, I lost my train of thought. ADHD? Making an impact. We spoke to a cop. Oh, oh, I spoke George to a law Floyd. enforcement officer, came to my chat. It was at the height of the George Floyd stuff. And I explained what my view of what it means to be on the other side of police from me being like a, a poor shit-stained skateboarder teenager that was harassed and also understanding that that doesn't come close to the experience of like a black person in the United States. Um, and explaining that and explaining like, you know, oh, it's an authority. He, I, I don't know. We had like this long discussion where I didn't really invalidate him at all. You know, I was like fucking cop, blah, 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 blah. But I was definitely not like, let's go cops. Awesome. And mm. he sent me this message later. He's like, you know, I had this interaction with an adolescent and I just have to thank you so much for just being you on your stream because you've softened me, you know? <laughs> and like, I still think about that. You know, that's, that's, awesome. that's like, yeah, that's a huge, like that might sound like a little W, but that's a huge W. No, that's a huge W. You, what you did towards changing him has now impacted how he relates to other people. This very person went on to leave a law enforcement entity because of a moral objection that they had that was related to the things that we talked about. And, you know... It sucks not having a job, but actually to this day is not working as a law enforcement officer because of their moral convictions and is doing like okay. private uh, firearm instruction for like specific groups, I'll say, mm. uh, which is really cool. I mean, sometimes all it takes is like a little jiggle, you know? Yeah. It's planting that one little seed. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it I, I, Yeah. It's really cool. It's really cool. Really yeah, cool. but I th the the thing I I um, was curious of people who have come up to you and said I'm a fan or anything like that. Has that happened to you before? Is that how does that feel going from watching somebody starting off your stream, growing up, growing on your stream, and somebody coming up and saying that to you? It's weird. <laughs> it's very strange. Like I don't think popularity or celebrity was like ever. A goal of mine i know it's like adjacent to it i just want a loud plat platform for like things me and my friends have always like 
you know, I've always been like the Island of Misfit toys. That's been like me, like kind of weird and cute though. Like cute, weird, you know, not, you know, like the fucked yeah. up toys in Sid's closet and <laughs> Toy Story. Those are yeah, always yeah, yeah. my friends. And <laughs> like, I just want a place where like, I wanted my stream to be a place where everybody could be, you know, like I was that person, but I always had this ability to bridge between groups. So like in high school, I could talk to the jocks. I could talk to the the weird rockers, I could talk to the skate kids. I could I could like move between every clique. And still to this day, like I go out and I, I have a very good way of talking to people and like not coming on too strong, not coming like I can read the room really well. Shout out children mm. of trauma. Um mm. but I always wanted the stream to be that place where like you could have that like confluence of all these different things. Like you get the sweats that come in, you get like the bots yep. that want to get better. I don't know. I just, yeah, I, 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 it was never, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. Like some, I mean, I don't know. Earlier today I was playing Warzone <laughs> two and I was molding so hard. And like, as I'm molding <laughs> the guy in the gulags, like artist war, like the streamer. <laughs> I was like, yes. Wow. Oh, uh, yay. I'm so I fucking hate this game. <laughs> like, can't even Let me mold in peace. <laughs> Oh, I couldn't even appreciate it. He was like, oh, you play with Chew Game Dad. I was like, yeah, but man, it's yeah. he's like, let me live. And then they both double teamed me. I was like, oh, oh, no. If this is a life, dude, I don't know what is. Betrayal. <laughs> it's, so I mean, it's very cool. That's, yeah, I love that. No, that's unreal. Yeah, because I can imagine that some people would um, feel starstruck with you as well because you know once you become a bit built up in the twitch community it's like oh you recognize that name like oh a bit starstruck but there's other people who have like seen you for a long time or have known you and play with you it's like oh it's just that's just jesse that's just that that's, mm -hmm. no that's what i really but. want the that's and that's why like i don't know like joe and joe Wo and crowder have like both been like asking me tech stuff in chat they always come in like oh, i feel so bad you're streaming you know dude i want this the place where you mm. crowder feel like you can come ask me how do i do this that's mm. sick that's so cool because i never thought i'd be that person like little yeah, me yeah. with a sock microphone cover in the corner of my bedroom over there never thought and 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 like that's just that's cool. Like, I, I don't know that those kind of interactions to me are way cooler. Like I love seeing, I don't know. I was in shaded's chat the other day and I was just like bitching about the game or something. They're like, Oh my God, it's art. Hi art. And then one of the mods shouted me out and I was like, I don't even know who you people are, but you're so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, hi, how's it going? You know, but that's, that means I'm doing the right thing. Right. That yeah. means I'm doing I mean, all the right things. You were like, you know nine days deep into your subathon or, or something like that and you were you know on stream working through tech issues with other streamers i was watching you do it with you know yep. this is i'm having this problem with my elgato i need this with my with I my line or something like that i yeah. love problem solving so it's i mean when you ask like what am i doing with content that's definitely the direction that i'm i'm moving like the plan with the tech channel is like you know hey maven yeah you need help with your obs stuff here you go just like when you thank me just link this thanks yeah yeah. you know like that's that's this. great for me because then you know i i would love to make it uh, like i'm going to make an educational tech channel like aimed at uh like tim the tap man does tech is is what i'm going for here you know like mm. funny loud outrageous but helpful for twitch streamers 
instead of hiding yeah. it behind like an optimization paywall. Now, of course, if you want like to sit one-on-one with me, that that's where the Calendly comes in. But I think like content would be really fun because I could just get new toys all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody wins, but the, yeah, no, there is a lot, a lot of stuff people can do with a lot of free information out there they just i don't know don't try they don't they're too scared to look for it they don't know what to look for but yeah dude there's a lot of a lot people can do even with obs i'm still learning i, I love learning about this stuff and there's so much so much out there but no yeah. one knows how to get it no one knows right. what to look for right and and well then that's the thing is it's like i always loved bill nye when i was a kid and like junkyard wars and all those like kind of buildy mm. things and that's what obs is is like a, a sandbox yeah and yeah. and it can be both really powerful and also super intimidating mm. absolutely so is this is this your you know two three do you have a goal two three four five year plan kind of thing or um, you pretty much just just going I'm kind of following the track that I followed when I started in the film industry, which was like, what I always used to say was you want to be in, oh, excuse me. I'm trying to follow the, uh, I'm trying to follow the path that I was following in the film industry, which is like, you always want to be invited. You know, you don't want to like push your way into anything. Mm. So like goals, sub goals, like growing your channel to X number, this, that, I try to be much more organic and go with the flow, you know, like on most days that I wake up at a good hour and throw on the stream, regardless of what category I'm streaming, there's usually 20 to 30 people there. And that's pretty awesome. Um, so like my goal, I guess my long-term goals are just to find something that I can do at least like two video, like evergreen videos a week on. And I think that's really going to be the, uh, the tech stuff. And then just let stream be whatever I want it to be because that's been successful so far. Like if I just, mm. and that's the biggest problem with Warzone 2 right now is I'm not having fun. And I always have fun on stream and I can't force it. I don't put on an act on stream. Like mm. if you've had me, if you've watched me have fun in Warzone for 14 hours, guess what? I was actually having fun in Warzone for 14 hours. You know, mm. like I, there's, I just can't. I can't really, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So if I'm not having a good time, I'm not having a good time. And I've not been having a good time. So mix up the game. I think people will watch me play pretty much anything because I like, as you said, I'll stop playing at any point to address any cool tech thing exactly. that I'm interested in. And I would like to think I'm a pretty decent teacher. Um, I've trained a lot of people to be a camera assistant. I've taught a lot of people how to use very specific pieces of equipment. And I've figured out like very difficult technical stuff. And I think that's like my spin on it. Like if you're going to watch a video about me covering something, you are going to learn everything about it. And in a really simple way. And then like the one-on-ones too that I offer through Calendly are like, that to me is the most fun because we do what we're doing right now, but I'm on your PC, you mm -hmm. know, so I can, I can do it and then show you how to do it. You know, like, uh, I set up two homies stream decks because they got, or not stream decks, go XLRs because they got them. And like being able to go into their PC and show them, do this, this does this. Now, if you do this, listen. Now, if you do this, listen. They're like, oh, like there's no better way to teach people. Mm. So I think that's my goal is find a way to 
make content that then kind of pushes people back to the Calendly thing and see where that goes. Because I did like, I did work with Foves when they were still doing optimizations um, yep. with stream lighting stuff. And I did a couple dual PC stuff. And I just really liked it. I liked helping people and teaching people and, you know, because I think, for it. yeah, yeah. I just, it's always been my strong suit. It's always been my strong suit. So leaning into that, I think, especially with as much Warzone sucks right now is a good idea. Absolutely. Probably my plan. That's about all I got. No, that's, that's good. <laughs> I wish you all the best with that too, because you have a, a really nice, I, I can't explain how, a, a, just a really nice way of explaining things to people. A really clear, direct yet you add like a bit of humor to it a bit of comedy just a little tangent on the side that'll shed some light onto what you're trying to explain i really enjoy listening thank to you what believe you it or not that's the hardest thing to put i can do it easy on live stream dude mm. but i just can't do it in videos like when i sit alone in the dark room and try to record it's not the same art as war it's so no. weird so anybody watching this that has tips let me know I probably should just do it on stream, honestly. It's just like schedule a day. Record your consult with somebody. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Well, this might have just sparked an idea. Thank you. There we go. No worries. Anyways, Art, it's been a pleasure, man. I wish you all the best for achieving your goals in the next months, years ahead. And uh, it was a pleasure having you on here, man. Thank well, thanks you so for much. having me. It was a lot of fun.